0: On today's Murder She Wrote podcast, Jessica finds herself in Boston again for a tennis tournament and a very confusing episode with Linda Hamilton from Terminator and Brian Cransdon from Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle. Let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Murder, She Wrote podcast, where I watch every single episode of the hit 80s show slash 90s show, Murder, She Wrote, starring three-time Academy Award nominee and six-time Tony Award winner, Miss Angela Lansbury. Today, I'm going to be talking about season two, episode 20, Malice. Anyone. Air date April sixth, nineteen eighty six. As always, I spoil everything, dearest, to spoil about the murder of the suspects, everything in between. You can't do a murder, she wrote podcast without doing that. So, if you've not recently seen this episode, get out your season two DVD set. Insert disc five into your DVD player. This is the last episode on that disc. And it might be possible that this episode might be coming up on Hallmark Channel because they have started to uh, start from the beginning all over again. Boy, they just breeze through them because sometimes they don't show them in order. Um, but have no fear if you don't have cable or you don't have any way to get Hallmark channel or you don't have the DVDs, you can stream all 12 seasons on NBC's Peacock app as well as on the Roku channel. Also on the Roku channel, the four TV movies The preceding Murder She Wrote When It Ended in 1996 are also available to stream on there. Seasons 1 through 5 are available on freebie, including this episode. And the description on IMDb reads, Jessica attends a tennis tournament as the guest of honor. She struggles to protect her former student, Carol when her boyfriend is blown up in her car and she is the only suspect. So, I've never seen this episode in its entirety. Like, I remember seeing this episode on TV and they, for some reason, cut out the part where the car blows up i don't know why but also one of my favorite youtubers of all time pushing up roses covered this episode on her youtube channel in her series that time on murder she wrote she's hilarious and i encourage you to go watch that video just look up her channel and it's there i forget what it what the video is called but it's there um that time it's called that time when the when murder she wrote was a lot and I completely agree with her assessment of this episode. In fact, after I watched this episode, I was so confused that I had to go watch her video on it again. i had watched it before, but I'd never seen the episode. But now I can say that I have. And it is confusing. So I'm going to try so hard um, to explain it to you guys. But it is really confusing. And I'm gonna sum it up the way that I feel that it's about, but other people might interpret interpret different than I did. I don't know. I mean, this episode is one of the highest rated, um, with a seven point four on IMDb because of Linda Hamilton and Brian Cranston being in it. According to the trivia, the only trivia on here is that this is the first of three murder she wrote episodes that brian krenzen guest stars in so we're not gonna go over his credentials at all since we know he comes back now linda hamilton i'm pretty sure this is probably her only episode and i'm a huge fan of linda hamilton because of terminator 1984 terminator 2 1991 i love terminator 3 even though she wasn't in it um but i am not a huge fan of terminator genesis or terminator dark fate i think they pretty much messed up the franchise with those two entries but this is a murder shiro podcast not a movie podcast although one day i might actually do one of those Because Friday will mark a year that I've been doing this podcast and I am enjoying myself. So thank you so much for your continued support, as I said before. All right. So this episode is set in Boston because I realized because of the Boston uh, police station exterior shot. So Jessica's back in Boston and I think that Harry McGraw should have been brought back for this episode. Wouldn't it be 10 times even better if he was in it? He would have been able to solve it for us, at least in a satisfying way. So Jessica is sponsoring, even though it says she attends a tennis tournament as the guest of honor. She is sponsoring a tournament for underprivileged children, um, a charity function. And she's there visiting her students. Carol McDermott um, that she knew in Cabot Cove. So she that's why Jessica's there in Boston again. This is her second episode that she has been in Boston. I think in this in season two. So when the episode starts Carol and Elliot Robinson, who owns the country club where where the tournament is being sponsored. He is also playing with her. I don't know if this is part of the tournament. I didn't understand that part, but she at one point falls on her butt and laughs And she says, like, something to the effect that she used to be a tennis star, but it never went off the ground, and she just sort of works there. So why she's playing tennis at the start of the episode, I honestly can say. I don't know. So um, after, after the tennis game is over and she wins it, She goes up to her boyfriend, Brian, played by Brian Crimson. Of course, everybody knows Brian from Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle. So, he is her boyfriend. He is her boyfriend. And they are in love with each other, as they can be. She introduces him to Jessica. Jessica is delighted to meet him. And then he goes off because he has a tennis game to do. And her and Jessica are walking around and they talk about Cabot Cove and how long it's been since Carol's been there. And how awesome it is that Jessica's sponsoring this tennis tournament and everything. Well, suddenly a man appears, and I don't know what his name is. He says that a woman named Sissy Barnes uh, is threatening to back out of the tournament. So Carol decides to make a beeline to Mr. Robinson's office, and meanwhile we cut there. We also get introduced to his daughter Dolores, and... Sissy comes in saying that she um, has twisted her ankle or something and can't do the tournament, and obviously she's faking. He tells her that he cannot offer her any more money, but then starts offering her money anyway. Um, Dolores is like making fun of her, and then she turns around and doesn't have a limp anymore and walks over to Dolores and basically says, Listen, honey. We both know I'm carrying this tournament, so he should basically pay what I want him to pay me, or something to that effect. And she's, and Dolores says, Wow, dad, look, she is has had a miraculous recovery. Carol comes in at that moment and says that she's under contract and that she will be in the tournament no matter what. Elliot gives her the raise she wants, and Carol is not happy when he does this. But what can she do? She just goes away, walks out the door. Meanwhile, Dolores has a history with Carol. Apparently she wanted Carol's job, but her father gave it to Carol, and apparently she used to date Brian, Carol's boyfriend. Meanwhile, out on the court, we, um get introduced to donnie harrington a huge tennis star and he is yelling at a judge and the judge is telling him that it was out you know it hit the yellow line it was out and i can honestly say i don't know anything about tennis i'm not a sports person so i don't know and he's causing a scene and apparently he's known for doing this. And people absolutely love when he does this. But Carol goes out on the, on the track and she says to him... She says to him a really hilarious thing. She says, here at this country club, the players play and the judges judge. And if you don't like the play, and if you don't want to play, then kindly take yourself off of the field. Because people are looking to play. If the judge said it's out, it's out. And she walks off the field. She's publicly humiliated him and the crowd eats it up well his manager mitch mercer comes up and basically says the crowd expects him to do that how dare you stop him from doing that and she says well he needs no help from me of because he's a jerk and jessica says well if you're counting me in in that you can count me out because i found him to be unpleasant and he yells at Carol, and then he yells at Jessica and says, I can do without you. Rude. So later on in the evening, they decide to go to a party. I don't know exactly what this party is for. Um, exactly what's going on. Um, there's a band playing, but I have no idea what the hell they're playing. I don't know if this is the music that was originally there because it seems like they're playing their their hearts out and whatever is playing is not matching whatever they're playing. It is really weird because there's this guy with a guitar that's really rocking out but you can't hear nothing. But anyway... They're at this party, and I'm guessing it has something to do with the charity tournament because Jessica's name is on the bar. But other than that, there's no indication what this party is actually for. Brian and Carol are there. And Sissy shows up in the most ugliest freaking dress I have ever seen in my life. I thought that the dress that that Jessica wore in the episode Sudden Death, or no, not Sudden Death. I don't, uh oh, that episode when Tough Guys Don't Die, where she showed up at the, at the party at the magazine with Barbara Babcock and she was wearing something that looked like it was rejected by Annie from, you know, the musical Annie. I thought that was bad, but this, oh my god, this looked like someone took, like, I don't know, like one of those streamer banner things and literally threw it on a dress. I mean, it's black and there's literally no reason, like, for... And she apparently just put this outfit on to go to the party to basically say that she's not doing the tournament. And (laughs) Elliot gets mad and says, um acts like it's carol's fault as if carol planned this and she's like mr John- mr robinson i don't i didn't do anything and he's like i want to see the contracts now so brian offers to be offers to go to her house and get the papers where they are but he has to take carol's car because hers is blocking his This I don't understand. If they're so lovey-dovey as they are in the first scene that we see them in, why in the world do they come in separate cars? Also, is this in the same place where the tournament is taking place, or is this somewhere different? It looks like the same exterior shot. Believe me, that's the least of this episode's worries. Well, as soon as Brian starts up Carol's car, it blows up. And we're not talking like little tiny blow-up thing. We're, we're talking about this car blows up so badly that the hood of the car flies into the air. And everyone comes running out to see what happened. And Carol immediately knows that Brian is dead and she tries to run to go after him, but there's nothing left of him. We get introduced to a really nice detective, for the first time in a long time. His name is Detective Travis. He is asking if anyone knew Brian and why they would want to kill him. He notices Jessica walking around as he's talking to various people and notices that she seems to be... has a strange look on her face. They go into Elliot's office. And he says, okay, Mrs. Fletcher, I know your reputation. What am I doing wrong? I attended one of your cinemas, um, one of your lectures at the college, um, which had to have been in season one. Lovers and other killers. And he says, so, so I would love to help for you to help me solve this, now what did I do wrong? And she's like, well, I don't think the car bomb was intended for Brian. No one knew that Brian would be using Carol's car for anything. The intended victim was Carol. So you should be trying to figure out who who's trying to kill her. And he goes, oh yeah, that's right. I'm um, sorry, isn't it obvious? I mean, it was her car. Again, least of the episode's worries. So Jessica takes Carol home, but before um, that, she notices that there's a photo in the Lobby trophy case of Elliot and his daughter and his late wife, and Carol's in the background with her sister Barbara, which is amazing. Um, Barbara has not been seen for a while. As they're going home, Jessica suggests that they call Barbara to see if she'll come and stay with Carol. But Carol says that that she doesn't want to call Barbara and has a strange reaction when, when Jessica suggests calling her. The next day, Carol goes back to work to keep her mind off of things, and Jessica decides to ask Elliot about Carol. Elliot tells Jessica that car- that Barbara and Carol had a falling out three years ago. Apparently, Barbara was on drugs and showed up wanting money and a place to stay. Barbara tried to help her, but she refused to get clean, so she kicked her out of her house. She then got on a plane, got into a car accident. I mean, I'm sorry, got into a car accident. The plane crashed. And Barbara presumably died. Meanwhile, Elliot tells everyone in the tournament that the tournament will also be dedicated to Brian's memory, and for some reason, Sissy is back there in the tournament despite her quitting the previous night. Don't understand why, that's never fully explained. Anyway, Jessica goes looking for Carol and tells Carol that she's sorry that... She kept going on about Barbara, and she had no idea that she died in a plane crash. Elliot had just told her. Carol says, I don't know what you're talking about. I talked to Barbara a couple days ago, and she's fine. And it's like, uh, what? Like, she's alive? Okay. Mistake number one. Meanwhile... Jessica decides to get to the bottom of what is going on and why Carol's car blew up. But Jessica is confused after Carol says, Barbara is alive. So then she decides to go talk to Elliot some more, but Elliot is not in his office. She finds Dolores in his office instead. She says that her father is out. Dolores is talking to Mitch and has basically came up with a contract for Mr. Harrington to continue in the tournament. And he leaves. Jessica asks Dolores about Barbara. Dolores claims to have never met Barbara. And that she had went over to Carol's house to deliver some papers and overheard some arguing. She didn't want to knock on the door and interrupt, so she went around the house and peeked into the kitchen window and saw a red-headed woman yelling at Carol and messing up stuff in the kitchen. She apparently had to have been Barbara. And Jessica said, wow, you have such a vivid memory for it being three years ago. And she says, that wasn't three years ago. That was two months ago. So she's alive. Meanwhile, Detective Travers goes to Carol's house because he has a lead on the case. But when he goes to the house, Carol's nowhere to be found. And then suddenly someone comes out of a bedroom and stabs him. Meanwhile, Jessica goes to the Boston police station to find and see if Barbara is really dead. As it turns out, she is. Her passport and everything was found on the plane, and she's even buried in an unmarked grave. So she's dead, mistake number two. Jessica then goes back to Carol's house and finds Carol in a very bad state. Detective Travers is dead, a knife through his heart. I've not seen all 12 seasons of Murder, She Wrote, but I never saw an episode where the detective that's working with Jessica dies. Carol is sedated, and then we get introduced to Detective Berger, Burner, Burner, who was Detective Travers' partner. He can't believe that his partner is dead and they don't understand why he was going to Carol's house and what his lead was. Jessica goes back to the country club, A.K. where the tournament is being held, and she talks to Elliot again. Elliot explains that Carol's sister, Barbara, was very ill and spent some time in a mental hospital jessica tracks down that hospital and goes and talks to a patient named rosie who is from outer space she basically tells jessica that there was no person named carol mcdermott as a patient there or there was no one named barbara as a patient there but carol mcdermott was and she told detective travers that too Jessica goes back to the other lieutenant and tells him what she found. But the lieutenant has a surprise for her. Barbara McDermott is alive. Oh. Yeah, guys, I almost got a headache during this episode. Because first she's dead, then she's alive. Then she's dead, then she's alive. Now she's alive. Like what? So, according to Barbara, who talks to Jessica, Barbara basically tells Jessica that yes it's true she is barbara mcdermott and she is carol's sister everything that they said about her is true three years ago she was high on drugs and carol was tired of putting up with her stuff and kicked her out she stole carol's car and picked up a hitchhiker who at switchblade had a switchblade and knife like threatened to kill her but took her purse, which had her passport and her ID in it, and the hitchhiker is the one who had all her information and died on the plane. Barbara, instead of basically telling her sister Carol that she was alive, was like, it was like being reborn. And she decided to stay dead. Eventually, instead of, you know, Enjoying her newfound freedom and taking care of herself, she decided to drink. Eventually, she drunk too much, found some program, and decided to get sober. And the reason why she decided to tell Carol that she was actually alive was that one of the things was making amends. Carol refused to believe that her sister was alive after she been presumed dead for three years. Well, yeah, I'd have the same reaction. So the detective says that it is case book schizophrenia. Um, no. Well, I'll explain. He says, obviously Carol has made a personality of her sister Barbara. And now that Barbara has come back, it's ruined that fantasy. Uh, dude, that's not schizophrenia. That's personality disorder multi personality disorder hello I mean I know that they had different terms for things in the 80s but Sybil came out in the 1970s and that's what they called it Sally Field was amazing in that part as was Tammy Blanchard in the remake in 2008 <laughs> anyway he believes this to be true then they get a call From the hospital, saying that Barbara is missing. They go to her house, thinking, I'm I'm sorry, Carol is missing, not Barbara. Ugh, this episode's messing with my head. That Carol's missing from the hospital. They go to Carol's house and find that it is ransacked. They find a picture of Carol torn in half, along with a wig next to a broken doll. Yeah, I don't understand the doll part. So they assume that Carol has multiple personality disorder and is gone completely and totally nuts. But Jessica has her epiphany and realizes that Carol is not our killer. And this is the weirdest moment of all in the history of murder she wrote so far. So the killer turns out to be Dolores. Which makes sense, because Dolores, oh, also they find dynamite at Carol's house too, thinking that she planted the dynamite in her own car. Yeah, that part was a little sketchy. But anyway, the killer, like I said, is Dolores. Dolores used to date Brian and wanted Carol's job, so it made sense for her to put the dynamite in Carol's car and blow up the car. But she had no idea that Brian was going to drive it, so she was distraught. She was over at Carol's house when the police officer came over, and she knew that if he found her, the jig would be up, so she stabbed him through the heart. Um, and who's telling all of this to us? Not Dolores. Nope, it's Elliot. Dolores is apparently off-sedated somewhere. Like, what? Did the actress just abruptly leave? Like, this makes no sense. Jessica's not even able to confront the murderer, and Elliot goes as far as to poisoning Carol by giving her barbiturates in a drink he gave her to make it look as if Carol committed suicide and had caused the her that she had had multiple personalities. He set this all up to protect his daughter who doesn't even get the chance to to defend herself or say her side of the story. I didn't understand that. Not only that, the episode ends with Jessica encouraging Carol to talk to her sister and saying a weird line, I think the two of you will be seeing a lot of each other from now on. What does that mean? Honestly, Linda Hamilton does a fantastic job in the role of Carol. She gives 110% in whatever she's in, but... She gives a performance worthy of an Emmy in this episode. She, of course, was at the top of her game at this point in her career after having her breakout role in Terminator and also Children of the Corn, which I think, you know, if she wasn't in Terminator, Children of the Corn would not be known as anything weird-ass film franchise, I gotta say, y'all. Anyway, Brian Crenson is really great with with the little screen time he gets and I just don't understand it. There's no resolve here. Like, what was the end game? Like, what was the point of trying to drive Carol insane? What was the point of trying to drive me insane watching this episode? I mean, back and forth. She's dead. She's not dead. She's alive. She's not. I mean, it makes no sense. But Linda, Linda Hamilton's performance as well as Angela Lansbury saves it from being weird. But I do, I did love it. I did love it. It was really great. It was just confusing. All right. Guest stars. Oh, and also nothing goes anywhere with the tennis star or his manager. But his manager was played by Dennis Cole. He died in 2009 at the age of 69. He's known for Dead End City, Pretty Smart, uh, Dead End City, 1988, Pretty Smart, 1997, uh, Brecken's World, and The Young and the Restless. Last known credit, 2007, Dancing on the Edge short guest starred baywatch Nights, silk stockings and will be in another episode of murder she wrote in 1991. all right we'll go over more of his guest starring roles then like i said we're going to skip brian Crimson for now because we know that he appears in other episodes um barbro was played by carlene crockett she is still with us she star is known for dallas the original dallas return 1995 don't know what that is quincy me and the twilight zone 1986 her last known credit is the collapsing wall i have no idea oh she'll appear in another episode of murder she wrote in 1987 Night of the Headless Horseman. I remember that one. So we'll go over more of her credentials when we get there. Alright, so let's see if Linda Hamilton appeared in any other episodes of Murder, She Wrote. She's one of my all-time favorite actresses, by the way. Alright, of course, she's known for Terminator 2, Terminator Dark Fate, The... And Terminator. And Dante's Peak. Love Dante's Peak. Her last known credit is Resident Alien. I have not seen that show. And Claws. With uh N- Nancy Nash. You all know what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry if I got her name wrong. She's hilarious. Uh, I'm trying to see. Trying to see here. If this is her only episode. Oh, and at the time she was on Beauty and the Beast. It was a TV show. Um, But I've never seen it before. always wanted to. This is her only episode of Murder, She Wrote. But she's been acting since 1979. And has been in 81 different projects. I love her. Good work in this one. She deserves applause good job there. Van Johnson played Mr. Elliot Robinson, our cover-up murderer. Oh yeah, nothing ever goes on with Sissy either. Um, He died in 2008 at the age of 92. He is known for The Canine Mutiny, 1954, Battleground, 1949, In the Good Old Summertime, 1949, with Judy Garland. Love that movie. And Bridgerton. 1954 his last known credit is three days to a kill and he will appear in two other episodes of murder she wrote so we'll go over more of his credentials and oh no he was in hit run and homicide oh yeah as the inventor i'm so sorry i forgot jeez All right. He will appear in another episode of Murder, She Wrote in 1990. Sorry. It's hard to remember everything. Um, hope. Anyway, sorry, guys. Can't remember everything. Um, Keely. Mari played Sissy, which nothing happened with her character. Um, she's still with us. She's known for Fast Times at Ridgemont High 1982, Night of the Comet 1984, Ryan's Hope and True Blood. She's in pre-production for Something to Avenge and filming something called Stay Creation and post-production for The Wild Man, Scare Package 2. So she's still acting good for her. Um, Let's see. She was on one life to live. This is the only episode of murder. She wrote, Ooh, she was in one of my favorite horror films, chopping mall. I love that. I can't remember what character she played though. And she was on Ryan's hope. So good for her. Doug McKeon played the mean tennis guy. Um, He's still alive. He is known for On Golden Pond, 1981. Come Away Home, 2005. Continental, 1979. The Boys of Sunset Ridge, 2001. His last known credit is Shameless in 2019. He was on I Spit on Your Grave, Vengeance is Mine, Master of Sex, Ray Donovan, House, Life, uh, 21 Jump Street, this is on the episode of Mara She Wrote, a lot of TV movies, Constantine TV show, Edge of Night, good, um, soap opera that was on before I was born, but it was really good, and yeah, awesome, okay, um, the detective, the one that didn't die, was played by Barry Primus. He is known, he's still alive. His name he's, he is known for Grudge Match 2013, Righteous Killed 2008, 15 Minutes 2001, and on Golden Pond as the casting director. He's still acting. Um, he's in post-production for something called The Next Casa something, and in a short for 2xC. by C. Um, He's been in 116 different credits. Uh, LA Law, Law and Order, X-Files, Hunter, 21 Jump Street. Um, This is the only episode of Murder, She Wrote. He was on Cadney and Lacey, TJ Hooker, Knott's Landing, Lou Grant. So he was in a lot of stuff. Good for him. He was really good. Betsy Russell played our off-screen murderer, Dolores. She is still alive. She is known for Saw 2. Saw 4. And five in private school 1983. She is in post production for Bully High, just some voiceover work for Robot Chicken. This is her, probably her, yeah, only episode of Murder She Wrote, yes. And she hasn't been in a lot of stuff, but I wish that there was, like, I don't know, more of her. And the detective that died, Detective Travis, was played by David Spielberg. I wonder if he's related to, you know, Steven Spielberg. He died in, probably not, he died in 2016 at the age of 77. He is known for Christine, 1993, Star Trek The Next Generation, The American Girls, and Jessica Novak. Um, uh, Fight of the Living Dead. Probably a zombie movie. He was on Days of Our Lives. That's his last credit. The Beach Boys, An American Family, The West Wing, Baywatch, Law and Order, Allie McBeal, ER, um, Hearts of Fire, and he will appear in another episode of Mother She Wrote in 1991. I'll try to remember that. And the mental patient, Rosie, was played by Carrie Sherman. She's still alive. She is known for 48 Hours, 1992, 1941, 1979, Santa Barbara, in Eyes of Fire. Her last known credit is 1987 as the perfect match. She was on Santa Barbara's, Amy Perkins, Only Episode of Murder, She Wrote, Maximum Security, 48 Hours, Hawaii Five-0, Barnaby Jones, and Satan's Cheerleaders, and The Six Million Dollar Man. Wow. And that's it. That's all. Our guest stars... As I said before, this episode was very, very confusing, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that it was really fun and really creative, and Linda Hamilton gives a top-notch performance, and she's just so good in this episode. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Have a good day, night, depending on when you listen to this. I pray for peace every night before my head hits the pillow um i also hope that you are staying cool out there in this crazy weather it's been raining all week here in kentucky and i plan on getting season two done before the week is out all right happy crime solving and i'll see you in the next one